I'm Misty Winkler, and I'm here with episode 13 of the Simply Convivial audio blog. This is the Simply Convivial audio blog, short but meaty focus sessions to help you keep your head in the game as a homeschool mom. Convivial, if broken down to the Latin parts, means with life. And that's what we want for our homeschools, isn't it? Convivial is about the atmosphere of our homes and homeschools. It points us to a life lived abundantly, bursting at the seams, with all the mess and recovery that that entails. Simply, on the other hand, reminds us to put first things first and not complicate living or learning. Just do it together. Simply Convivial. We claim the label classical for our homeschool because all the great pre-modern educators remind us that education is about growing in wisdom, not increasing our earning potential. Those reminders about how to grow in wisdom have been remarkably consistent until Darwinism captured the West's imagination. Read widely, discuss, and do the right thing. We all want some variation on that theme, whatever label we choose. So let's gear up and keep our priorities straight. Let's do it. In season two, I'm going through an old series based off my first reading of the teaching classic, The Seven Laws of Teaching by John Milton Gregory. I called this series The Seven Laws of Teaching Your Own and worked through adapting his classroom examples to homeschool examples, focusing on the principles that apply to learning across the board. You can visit simplyconvivial.com audio to download a summary sheet of The Seven Laws and find each episode as they're released, as well as the original series. And now, the meat. The Seven Laws of Teaching Your Own Law 7 The Law of Review and Application Throughout my reading of The Seven Laws of Teaching by John Milton Gregory, I noted verbs that he used as synonyms with teaching. Kindle Give success, glow with truth, and guide, as well as adjectives that he used to describe good teachers warm hearted, enthusiastic, skillful, sympathizing. In Gregory's ideal world, a teacher will stand at the spiritual gateways of his pupils' mind, summon their minds to their work, guide them into the right paths to be followed, excite their minds guide, direct, and test the processes of learning. Lead the march, their reconnaissance becomes a conquest, and maintain the order necessary to produce learning. Today, we look at his final law, Law 7, the completion, test, and confirmation of the work of teaching must be made by review and application. Gregory writes not only that review and application are the, quote, essential conditions of all true teaching, but also that, quote, not to review is to leave the job half done. The aim of reviewing material is threefold. One, to perfect knowledge. Two, to confirm knowledge. And three, to render knowledge ready and useful. Reviewing can include a number of different aspects as well. Review is more than repetition. Review involves making fresh conceptions and new associations. Review revisits knowledge so that understanding becomes more vivid. Review is best spread over days and weeks. Review breeds the habit of thinking things over. Review creates fresh vision. 
and review is rethinking and relearning. Thus, Gregory notes that it is difficult to overstate the importance, the necessity of review. In fact, he goes so far as to say, quote, no time in teaching is spent more profitably than that spent in reviewing. Now, our reviewing should not be mere repetition, but should involve fresh conceptions and new associations. There is a spectrum of types of review, from the simple repetition to the complete restudy, and each point on that spectrum holds value and has a place in our efforts. Reviews should be frequent, thorough, and interesting. In fact, going over information after a lapse of time allows the opportunity for a fresh perspective and new connections. Not only that, but it allows time for what Gregory calls mental incubation. Our brains work without our conscious effort, so when we come back to a thought after time has passed, we are more prepared to receive it and incorporate it or to respond properly. Gregory especially elaborates upon the necessity of a final year-end review. The final review, he says, should never be omitted, should be searching, should be comprehensive, and should demonstrate masterful competency by student and teacher alike. Often, Gregory says, our teaching is pouring water into broken cisterns. Review does not affect the quality of the water. It affects the cisterns, patching them up, repairing them, and preventing leaks. He writes, Even in the best-studied book, we are often surprised to find fresh truths and new meanings in passages which we had read perhaps again and again. It is the ripest student of Shakespeare who finds the most freshness in the works of the great dramatist. The familiar eye discovers in any great masterpiece of art or literature touches of power and beauty which the casual observer cannot see. So a true review always adds something to the knowledge of the student who makes it. Sometimes, review is particularly difficult in a homeschool setting. When I taught classes, I had several review methods up my sleeve that I could pull out on Fridays, or when the students seemed bored and dull, or when I wasn't prepared well enough for the lesson. At home, we just tend to keep on going and doing the next thing. Review can be anything from a preparatory question asked before we begin, to a narration required afterwards, to an exam at the end of a term. Having the children show daddy their work in the evening is another sneaky way to work review into our habits. Having a timeline, maps, or art on the wall, or binders on the bookshelf to be pulled down, and books strewn about are other ways to facilitate review that the student can initiate himself. Another way children review material that we tend to overlook is in their play. When they play Little House in the Backyard, when they build World War II bombers with their Legos, when they play war shouting, don't shoot until you see the whites of their eyes, it shows that the ideas are penetrating and assimilating into their minds. This is another reason we need to allow leisure for free play. It's often during these times that things connect up in their brains even if it looks like they are simply daydreaming. I spent loads of time daydreaming as a child, and I think it's like practice thinking, and not really a waste of time. So when we think review, we do not need to strictly think only of our academic times reserved for review, although we should of course have those also. 
Gregory provides us with several ways to do review, and I think you might find some of them familiar. One, recite the lessons. That is, have oral narrations after the fact. Two, make lists of people, things, places. That is, collect a list of nouns related to the subject being reviewed. Write your recitations. That is, do written narrations after the lesson. Four, draw maps, plans, or pictures of the material. Five, create a short written Q&A. Six, find applications and apply the knowledge. Or seven, have the students both ask and answer questions. Gregory gives several rules for review. One, know that review is always in order. When in doubt, review. Two, have set times for review, especially at every beginning and every end. Every beginning and end of lessons, days, weeks, terms, and years provides opportunities for more review and further study. Three, one-third of our teaching time should be spent in review. Whew, now there's a standard to shoot for. Four, through review, make haste slowly but progress surely. It's a lot better to go deep than to stay in the wide shallows, and the depth comes by making connections through review across areas of study. Five, seize any opportunity to reference old lessons in the current. This is helping our students form the habit of making connections. Six, incorporate old lessons into the new. This is the teacher's duty of review and preparation. Seven, be ready and able to conduct an impromptu review at any time. This means we need to keep our material accessible and know it well ourselves. Gregory gives only three violations of the law of review, but I think that we've all experienced them all. One, being more concerned getting through a semester's work rather than making the work the student's possession. Do we care more about our students actually gaining the knowledge or about getting all the books finished and crossed off so we can shelve them away? Two, delaying the review until the end of a semester or the year. Review should be made continually and not saved up for the end. Three, making review a lifeless, colorless repetition. Review is not simply repeating, but about making connections and remembering. Again, Gregory wants us to know, no time in teaching is spent more profitably than that spent in reviewing. So let us take the time to review and form new connections with old material. And now it's time for the Simple Sanity Saver, your homeschool audit. Our homeschools are really only as strong as our relationships with our kids. And I wince to say that, but I will say it because it's true. The final section of the homeschool audit asks you to examine your relationships. What causes conflict in your homeschool day? How can you diffuse it rather than escalate it? These are issues on the formation of character, ours and our kids. As Rachel Jankovic writes, sin is a fact of life. It is a way we deal with it that changes ours. This section of the homeschool audit is not about ridding ourselves or our kids of sin because that's impossible. 
but it is about thinking of strategies to help us deal with it appropriately. It's the small things that add up and make an atmosphere and a relationship. Choose one small habit to build into your routine this next turn that will build relationships. Small but significant changes snowball into large and significant changes. Download your own homeschool audit guide and get not only these questions, but also some guidelines for moving forward with the information that you dig up. Simplyconvivial.com slash audio to download your own homeschool audit guide. Thank you for listening to the Simply Convivial audio blog. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. This helps the iTunes algorithm know that it should share it with others looking for homeschool inspiration. And if you haven't already, head on over to simplyconvivial.com slash audio for links to the latest episodes, the homeschool audit download, and to sign up to get the show notes by email every week. Remember, education is repentance. Repent, rejoice, repeat.